for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. An extract from Sandra Hill's Rough and Ready. Chapter 17. The Best Kind of Wake-Up Call. Torolf awakened in the middle of the night, unsure what had disturbed his sleep. He glanced at the bedside clock. It was 3am. He'd only been asleep for an hour. He got up to go to the bathroom and saw a light under the closed door. He went outside, barefooted, and walked to the edge of the woods where he pissed against a tree. Nice. When he came back in and washed his hands at the kitchen sink, he noticed the bathroom door was still closed and the light still on, but no sound of water or other activity. He checked Hilda's bedroom, but her bed hadn't been slept in yet. He tapped lightly on the bathroom door. You in there? You in there, Hildy? No answer. He opened the door a crack and almost had a heart attack. <gasps> or a dick attack. <laughs> <laughs> hate when I get those mixed up. See your doctor if your dick attack lasts more than three hours. A dick <laughs> attack. <laughs> um, this is continued by Reddit user Utter Pedant. Okay. <clears throat> this is a seven-year-old comment. Imagine wow, that. Bloody hell, that's, that's internet archaeology, Aaron. Here we go. Her long hair, still wet from the shower, had been combed down her back in a wet swathe. Hilda was sitting on the floor, her round, wet boobs still wet from the shower's water. (laughs) (laughs) She dried off the water with a towel, which then became wet. Mm, It would. Hilda gasped when she saw a reflection in her bedroom mirror. Through the slightly open door, she caught a glimpse of the chiselled abs and square jaw of the mysterious stranger who shared her cabin. Mm. She stood and spun around, her breasts swinging heavily with the momentum. Wow. (laughs) She grabbed the door and flung it open, revealing shirtless Torolf quivering with desire in the hallway. Torolf, by the way, you got a question about... I had to ask. Who is he? Yeah. Don't worry, he's a time-travelling Viking looking for aliens. Uh, Okay, that clears up. It was 50-50 for me. Torolf was ashamed at being caught, but his shame made him even hotter. Uh. Hotter for sex. I wish we'd known that before we named the podcast. That's a shame. We're inadvertently causing all kinds of freaky Viking time travellers to become hard as a stone. Hotter for sex. He stepped into the room and his bulging abs accidentally smushed into Hilda's rich (laughs) chest. A rich chest. As Hilda's buttermilk bosom squished up against his granite abs, (laughs) Torolf almost had a dick aneurysm. (laughs) (laughs) The progression of the dick illness is incredible. Hilda, Torolf murmured thickly, his throbbing meat wand pressing against Hilda's warm thighs. There is a secret I need not tell you. You are my forbidden desire. Oh, he need not that no. did anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hilda had been waiting to hear these words, even though he was the mysterious stranger. Yeah. Sharing her cabin. Her heart was lifted on golden wings and soared That's toward nice. a radiant sun of perfect joy. She saw herself and Torolf happy together, bathed in the golden light of love. <laughs> Does she think this is love? <laughs> Poor, poor dear. Her snitch got all warm too. (laughs) Come along. That's not on. Torolf, 
Hilda moaned, her lush teeth give her more straining of a with desire. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, come on. I need you. Torolf, coarse abs pulsing softly in the moonlight, Gross. stood silently. Gross. Hilda looked at him expectantly. Oh, sorry, she added. Torolf, I need you sexually. <laughs> oh, I see. At hearing those beautiful words, Torol flexed Poetry. his rough-hewn abs and Hilda found herself being guided to her soft bed by the sheer force of Torolf's undulating midsection. Uh. She parted her thighs in anticipation, exposing the soft pink petals of her clunge. Come on. <laughs> Delete this audio. Torolf entered her like she was a lottery. <laughs> Fuck, that's it's an amazing best line. line. That's so mental. I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's an incredible bit of original thought. His engorged pecker pushed inside her as she felt fulfilled with sexual fulfillment. Hilda clutched at the bedsheets with lust and ecstasy, and her hands. Her <laughs> spongy true. love mountains hurled to and fro with each pounding. Her body was like a beautiful flower that was opening, and somebody was pushing their dick inside it. <laughs> I had a gardener at school who used to eat flowers, and I'm certain that he was also that was fucking. The next step. <laughs> then Torolf moaned, arched his back, and suffered from a burst of dick Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> a burst? Oh no! He pumped in all of his hot, pearlescent sperms as Hilda Horrid. spasmed with so many orgasms. The two lay still in bed, still shimmering with orgasm. She glowed with contentment like a cat who ate the cream of the crop. (laughs) (laughs) She walked across the room and picked up her towel, still wet with shower water. Torolf, she said softly, there's something I have to tell you. Oh, fuck. But her bed was empty. (gasps) Torolf was gone, escaped out the bedroom window. In the distance, Hilda heard the the fading sound of galloping abs. Hello and welcome back to That's a Shame's reason for the season 28 slash 19. We should also just say a more generic. Welcome back to That's a Shame. It yep. has been a little while. A little while indeed. Oh, but goodness. at the very least, mm-hmm. we kept everyone updated. Yeah, did we? On no. what? On the Twitter, on the no. Discord? Oh, no. Weird, weird. I thought you were covering, though. You must have thought. Do you not remember I promoted you to social media manager shortly before my kidneys? Yeah, but then the thing is, is that you uh, you tended to keep trying to undermine me and devalue my achievements. So I so I just quit. One of one of the good management styles is one upping your employees oh right <laughs> so when i do a good tweet i'm hoping that you'll see that as see a that. bar that you'll right. jump no over. i just cry yes yeah, sorry about that i'll i'll be reevaluating that particular strategy but welcome back um it's traditional for those new to the herd sure for reason for the season are christmas era like it's in the area of christmas yeah. holiday we're still within the 12 days of christmas it needs to be said within it yeah if you've taken your decorations down yet yeah, you're against christ Mm. you might as well go to that stable take the myrrh right off old wise man three and pour it all over the baby jesus's newborn scalp that's all it's for but i wouldn't recommend that it's traditional for us to have smut so if you're wondering what was going on we should say that that 
um, traditional is a strong word because we only did it the once. That's and how we just tradition, yeah. and we just decided like we could very well yeah. have done something completely different this year, and that would have been just <laughs> as traditional. No, but but what we we thought is stick to the brand. Yeah, you know, stick to a winning formula. The there thing were is, almost no complaints or deaths because of the last reason of the season. Christmas is a smutty time of year, and it's something mm. that's very subtextual. But like O'Hannigan's. You know, remaining open for anyone deeply horny after a few days <laughs> with the fam. <laughs> well, I yeah, I believe it. I really do. It's a time of year when Netflix, Hallmark, all those guys are releasing these grotesquely smutty fictions about various Christmas princes and journalists who get like caught up in a web of intrigue and end up having to marry the king of Aldovia. And clearly, whilst they're all presented as like a Oh, that's wholesome. They're just fucking. Plus, Mark was telling me that you were getting all hot and heavy over the trailer for Vanessa Hudgens' Prince and the Pauper. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you. It's not called the Prince and the Pauper, first of all. It's called the Christmas Switch or something like that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is, is what? That there's Lindsay a princess Lohan. and a pauper. Yeah, and they're both Vanessa Hudgens. It looks so, so bad. And yet. Obviously, I will be watching. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, she's cool. a queen. Is she I mean, a, from the yeah. high school do musical we, days Do we stand Vanessa Hudgens That's our here? official <laughs> task stance, as far as I know. I haven't checked if she's done anything dreadful, but nothing that I've heard of. Bless her. Yeah. She was like 30 as well, which makes me feel a bit old. God, is she? Yeah, it's mental, isn't oh, it? Oh, she's cancelled. <clears throat> Christmas, then, is a time forgiving, and also forgiving you guys are fuck ton of horniness. In terms of the literary text, um, we've gathered together an array of smut. Well, we haven't. Well, I have. I, well, I gave I gave a bit of smut. You blew your smut opened, load yeah. too early in the show. Well, I didn't. I've luckily got Wadzilla. That implies pick up <laughs> that implies that it was an accident rather than a planned event. Yeah, for which if you that's had a line you use frequently. <laughs> yeah, it was a planned well, I just event. Come, <laughs> ten, ten seconds an hour. Just because you didn't know the plan. <laughs> Um, I, I feel I should say, like, how was your Christmas? Oh, it was all right, thanks. Yeah? I won't Did, be saying any more. How, how's the kidneys? Are they still... Yeah, still there, just about. Yeah. Um, they what get... about the stones? Yeah, oh, good. No, they're there as well. I they're consider still them kind there. of part of the ship, part of the oh, crew of the old right. <laughs> urinary tract these days. Mm. Just there for the long haul, by the sounds of it. Wow. I've got a nice hospital appointment over there on the 12th or something, so I'll be sure to update people then. I thought you were looking into your glass <laughs> to see where it was, but well, there's a there's a letter behind yeah, it, thank goodness. Um, yeah, Christmas was nice. It was very warm when we're not in our flat. Um, very I, lot of food that you don't have to cook for yourself, and it's all better than I can good. make for me. Um, did you Have you noticed this? I mean, I don't know how often you ask people how their Christmases were. Very rarely. Yeah, <laughs> but um, working in, in a pharmacy, you get asked a lot anyway uh-huh. by people coming in and, you know, ask in return. What I have found is that this year, Mm. everyone uniformly fell into one of two categories. There were the people who are asking because their Christmas was terrible. Oh, yeah. And they want to tell you that it was terrible. So, oh, and how was your Christmas? They say, like, really cheerily. And and you go, yeah, it was all right, like, not too sad. And then... and. Out of politeness, you go, and yours? Oh, no. You look <laughs> dreadful. back on there somehow in black and white, yeah. like a close-up. Oh, violin. dreadful. No, not a good one. Not a good one for me. So-and-so's mother died, and then, you know, whatnot. Or 
I'd say a good 90% of people, and this isn't always the case, this is something I found this year, their response has been the same three words, quiet but nice. Quiet but yeah, nice. Yeah, quiet but what nice. No, nobody had a big Christmas. Nobody a seemed to like Yeah, nobody seemed to have all the family over or be going to everyone seemed to have Christmas just with their closest this year. Mm. It was quiet but nice. That sounds like the hallmark of a society heading towards the kind of end of its tenure. What you don't think it's a hopeful Well, it sounds like everyone's breaking down into tiny little enclaves like The Last of Us or something. Well we're going to have to be ready for the inevitable food wars. <sighs> the the EpiPen riots, of course. They're literal days away, I think. That's good news, isn't it, for sure. But yeah, mine was um it was good, thank you. How about you? Uh quiet but nice. Of oh, course. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, ahead of us what I will call an array. I've taken a kind of tour last year, this time last year, roughly. We did a deep dive. A deep dive to just check up on what Loki and Thor get up to at the holiday yeah, season. Because who knew? Well, and then, you, you know, once you know, it seems obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, once in hindsight, like we needn't have looked into it probably in the depth that we did. No. Um, but it's good that we did. It's a service that we provide. Yeah, because, you know, you start, I'm sure they're fucking. Yeah. Like, all right. Like, but well, you don't, you don't know that. that's different in God culture. Yeah. And you don't know that uh, whether or not a couple of pages in, mm. they might just be, I don't know, playing game of chess or discussing yeah. the meaning of life. Sharing a Christmas ham. Exactly. Um, but it turned out they were just fucking even more. Even more. And not just more, but with more vim. Yeah. And dare Vigor. I say Vigor. <laughs> <laughs> now, before I read you, I've I've actually got two pieces. I'm going to skip. One's very short and the other one, if we read more than, say, 20%, I think it's one of those, like in uh, The Evil Dead, where something so bad will, will be happen. summoned. Because obviously no one in the whole world has ever read my second piece before. <laughs> or indeed found, looked for, dreamt of the horrors it contains. But before all that, I just wanted to share with you the journey that I've been on just now in my room, searching through the fanfic forums, the triple Fs, mm. for uh, festive smut. Let's not beat around the bush. It's always a fun experience when I know that Isaac's looking for content while we're in the flat. And I, I nearly said looking for content in the flat. Like you just, <laughs> just, just looking around. at the floor like, come on, uh, there's got to be something. Anything in this dust, <laughs> 20 minutes on gravel. Uh, but no, when he's in, in the flat and looking for content and the doors are all open because uh-huh. I just sit in the living room doing whatever I'm doing and, and hear him chuckling away to himself. I found some some stuff that's chuckle inducing and some that I think we're going to have to report. Okay. Probably on air. Just for right. ex- just so no authority can say that we, that we were didn't complicit. deal expediently with what I've discovered. Yeah. First point after the fact. is um, a lot of EastEnders. Christmas porn, <laughs> would you believe? <laughs> and is that BBC sanctioned? Do you know? I can only assume. I mean, is is well not our license fee, but is the license fee going <laughs> the to proverbial what? license fee? Is that, that going all of us it? pay? Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, I don't know, and I didn't look too much into it because the first one, you know, they have fanfic has its own like terminology, its own almost yeah. language, where it's like. M slash M um, slash fic. Like there's all these different terms. The one that was the top for the EastEnders section was called something like a big day at the old Vic. And it was uh, romance slash humor slash drama. So that was the big three. I was in straight (laughs) off the bat. 
M slash F. So it's a hetero EastEnders. EastEnders yeah. one shot. That They're still like capturing the homophobic realities of Walford, is yeah, it? Sure. Yeah, sure. It was uh <laughs> Walford. Is it's that so it's dumb. Called? Yeah, that's it's the borough of Walford. <laughs> <laughs> it's so poor, isn't that it? That does sound preposterously fake. <laughs> it's so dumb. Wow. Because they they must have thought no one would ever know. Like people will think this but Spandle. everyone knows. Yeah, it's yeah. very silly. Um M slash F. Male participant participant was Phil Mitchell. Obviously. It's a classic. And the female one was Dot. Oh. Who is dead in real life, as yeah. far as I know, hundreds of years old. Doesn't our friend of the show know her or like is related to her? Quite or possibly. And it was out of that sense of uh, duty and decorum that I chose not to read what Dot gets up to in her free time with yeah. Phil. I'm, I mean, we, we, it could be even more disrespectful than that. He could be fucking her ghost. Well, I'm certain that he was. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Was there slash spooky? Uh, it, the, it wasn't stated, but heavily implied. Slash SN. Yeah. Another Emmerdale, an even sadder soap. Again, there were four separate stories about it mm. by different authors as well. It's not like oh. one person. Because you'd get it if there was one guy who watches ITV's Emmerdale, yeah. uh, which is a, a soap about life on a farm. But it's not. Is it no, not anymore? But no, well, no. But Emmerdale, Emmerdale is a particular farm. farm. Yeah. But, but everyone just... But it's just a town. Okay. So it's just, like... It's just a town now. Farm-based town life. Yeah. Um, Probably not one of the sexier soaps. No. Because if you were to rank them, obviously Neighbours is going to be high up. And Emmerdale, very low down. Very, very low down. Kind of peak practice levels. Yeah, I can't think of one off the, the top arches, of my head. Because you can't see them. Uh, Although no, Felicity that's... Jones was in it. Oh, so it comes so all the way back, back round. round to being the sexiest the of all. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gets me blood up. Um, three, I've taken three quotes from three that I did dare to read, all in, in different uh, universes, as it were. <clears throat> Actually, no, two of them in the same universe, but different characters. Here's one. Um, set in the Lord of the Rings universe. You're familiar with oh, Tolkien's good. great big story about rings. I am. Merry and Pippin are two little hobbit boys. And yeah. you'll never guess They're what. not attracted to each other. <laughs> I remember that are. canonically. No! Don't... no! They, they are. Yeah, no, they are. And is this revisionism or is this inspired I by... I think it's, again, it's one of those things that probably if you delve deep enough into in, the Silmarillion. Yeah, I was going to say in Silmarillion, that's it. Then they are, there's one called In Which... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> it's very explicit. Um, the line I took from it, I chose... It was very long and very trying... You know Tolkien writes in a very particular... Boring. Bad way. <laughs> that, you, you know, it tells a good story, but it's just a very dull way of expressing yeah, you, it. You have to find it. You have yeah. to really look for it. You have to skip it. through 84 pages of song <laughs> of just, in Elf. Of just Elf. Elf, elf history. <laughs> um, just let me test with you whether you think this kind of fits into the... The canon I the know. The canon, the universe, the style. The canon I know and I'm indifferent to. He looked around. He is Pippin. He looked around and saw Big Mary standing leaned on one side of the round doorway, wearing nothing but a red Speedo. <laughs> Just like hobbits definitely have. I, what I like about that is that Big Mary obviously is not referring to his height because they are both hobbits. <laughs> if there's one thing we that know. we know about... Remember that Sean Connery thought they were called bobbins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Connery, who was offered... 
if he'd accepted the role of Gandalf, he was offered like 15% of box office or something mental. It would have made him the richest actor in history. In yeah, it would have been the best paid acting job in history. He turned it down because the script was too complicated and he thought they were called Bobbins. <laughs> like the, he he couldn't Bobbins. quite remember, but in his mind they were called Bobbins and he couldn't work with that. So well, you yeah. know what they say about people with big feet? Yeah. The Bobbins. Horrible Hobbit freaks. Yeah. Another Lord of the Rings one. Um, two other characters who are often... It's like a will they, won't they thing. Yeah. The Ross and Rachel of the Lord of the Rings universe. Is the Ents and the Oliphants. Yes. But I was thinking, I suppose, of the uh, Phoebe and her ice dancer lover who turns right. out not to be gay. Which is the analogues Frodo and Sam. Two right. young men in their sexual primes. I, yeah, young hobbit men. Sure. That feels a bit derivative, you know, a bit expected. I was yeah. hoping for something a bit more out there. Well, I think you'll be pleased with what this author's done because oh, okay. it very much bucks the convention. In this story that went on for really a long time. And I Frodo read... Tops, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> um, it went on for a couple of, probably about 4,000 words, which is a decent amount Longer to write most about of my Frodo essays. and Sam banging. Yeah. Or not, as the case may be. The Fro- whole thing. Frodo banging. <laughs> That's an amazing fanfic title. If someone doesn't use that. Come on, guys, I've given you that for That's free. That's so good. Um, this dynamic, I guess the author was in a similar headspace to you, and I'm sorry to say that. I realise that comes across as slander. Wow. Potentially actionable slander. Yeah. Um, but they clearly were of the mindset that Fredo and Sam, it's been done. It's a kind of joke meme. Yeah. Um, that, you know, oh, I can't carry it, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. Share the load. All these lines that yeah. Sam always bellows in slow motion suggest a desire on one of their parts. Well, what this author did was he played with the frisson around that will they wait there right. and turned that into the whole story. There was no banging in it would you believe wow um i can i just say i meant to a minute ago on the idea of actionable slander oh yeah a quick update on uh main antagonist of the show and indeed our lives uh-huh. alan dershowitz oh go on who uh <clears throat> was being called a pedophile mm. by someone called true fact stated okay. on twitter uh, because Alan Dershowitz has had, you know, what he claims, and I'm sure have been many innocent nights, days, evenings, holidays spent with famous not paedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, billionaire Lolita Express plane paedophile Jeffrey Epstein private. Sorry, Island yes, that, that, that was the one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, th- there seemed to be some implication from True Facts stated that Alan Dershowitz had partaken in That'd some be of easy to sex with minors. Yeah. And so, as you would, Mm-hmm. Dershowitz being the lawyer that he is yeah. says look why don't you just come out and say it so that I can sue you for libel uh-huh. so true fact stated said okay I'm saying it you had <laughs> sex m- on multiple occasions uh-huh. with underage girls that Jeffrey Epstein gave to you and uh, Dershowitz hasn't been seen or heard from since oh, which I'm sure is a bold he's just biding his time yeah yes. <laughs> God, he's and, a brilliant legal mind. Oh, he, I tell you what, it's worth his commentary being still something that we listen to all the time. Yeah. Because his take on current events, uh, and especially 
people related in any way to Epstein and paedophiles. Mm. You kind of want his knowledge on that because he it's is an insider's one. knowledge for sure. <laughs> He's on the other side of that big looking glass. Tell me about Sam and Frodo. Basically, the story has that, you know, the like classic adolescent love story, like hands touch, right. eyes meet, sudden silence, sudden heat. Um, do you know what that is a quote from? No. That's from I'm Not That Girl in, in Wicked. <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, it's all like, will they, won't they? Are they going to go anywhere? But then towards the end, Frodo makes a move and Sam backs off. He's like, whoa. Oh, oh no. This has been fun, Frodo, but I'm just... I'm into girls. Lady hobbits. Lobbits. Frodo asks him to clarify their relationship because Sam has been, in his own words, leading you on, Mr. Frodo. Yeah. But he's not going to go through with it because he says, well, I love you the way one loves a much older male employer he went on a perilous (laughs) quest with. And I love Rosie, my wife, the way you love a wife who's a woman with a vagina. (laughs) So Sam really over-explaining. Sam a turf? Is that what we've come to (laughs) realise? Sam over-explaining both his homophobia and, and his radical transphobia in one wow. fell swoop. Samwise Gamgee, a turf. Well, that's, that's some people's uh, childhoods ruined. Sorry about that. And in the vein of childhoods ruined, not only for the listeners, but for, you know, fictional characters do take on a life of their yep. own. In some sense, the people we create in stories live lives separate to that that the author prescribed for them the narnia books are long held to be yeah. bastions of the english canon i'm i'm just gonna pop in here for the listeners that are whilst i'm terribly excited for this i'm slightly disappointed that we're not getting to hear a beyblade fan fiction that <laughs> I isaac to tell said that, that he yeah. stumbled across i read a bit of it but it was it quickly became so incomprehensible in <laughs> beyblade terminology because all this fucking was beyblade based they were in a bay well yeah bay arena or whatever it's called it's probably bay stadium a bay deal is it called a like bay that? stadium or something probably yeah i think i used to have one yeah they were beyblading around but it was like a, a ballet but they had fucking. tits <laughs> no they're all male um this is the one that I think, you know, is going to concern Can we just say the authorities. that the, the best thing about Beyblade as an idea was was its stunning commitment and lack of commitment mm. to the idea of this being spinning tops fighting. Because they were literally spinning tops that you had to, like, let go. Let them rip. And they'd smash into each other in this arena. God, it was But hot. then, every now and then... One of them would just leap up, look down, and blast ice at the other one. And you'd be like, Well, <laughs> this isn't a spinning top. So like, Could they like, do that? Yeah, like they had they had special like powers on. They were each had different In the like, Beyblade canon are the people Beyblades, is it like Transformers? No. Do they just fight with Beyblades like yeah, Pokemon? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So and they're sentient or no? The Beyblades. Yeah. They well, I mean they don't I guess talk they must be communicate, if they can but jump in up some and way, make yeah battle decisions it's really like odd because it's it there is a lot of it that is just them smashing together and are they all they're bigger spinning. than they were in real life because uh, they're pathetic little i don't know that they are no I just don't uh, but then yeah well, like one of them a great big tiger would leap out of it and kick wow. the other one into dust and That's you'd be like oh he wins oh aslan dribbled tumness <laughs> as he rubbed <laughs> The pairing is already an incredible <laughs> no, choice. No, oh, well, oh, more than pairing. pairing. Sorry. 
Oh, Aslan is just like saying, oh my God, because he's horny as fuck. Oh, right. Who's he horny for? Any guesses? Oh, Aslan dribbled Tumnus as he rubbed the snow white on. And then he was spent. L- Why is it allowed to exist? Isaac, on the you've internet? read that on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Isaac, I'm spreading the word. Isaac, you. Yeah, we shouldn't be. <laughs> People need to That's know. That's the Dershowitz defence. <laughs> I was just seeing anyone, how much of a paedophile Epstein would allow you to be in his this house. This is on fanfiction.com. The portal for fanfic it's all kinds of problems is james mcavoy implicated here but he's behind it he wrote it was written by (laughs) mackers 28 um this is not smart so much as it is a deep dive into the simpsons lore and some of the very good characters therein i'm thinking mrs krabopple whoa you're going straight into the deep cuts and uh one of those aliens how do they meet? What's the? What do you mean? Meet? How do they meet? Like they come down every now and then. Yeah, but they don't just, just wander into secondary schools. This is a script from a deleted Simpsons episode that wasn't aired because it was wasn't too family friendly. Oh right. Um, the Simpsons Christam special is the name of it, published by Woody's Head or Woody Shed, probably the second one now. I think about yeah. it. Bar Lisa, time to open your presents. Quote yells Homer, so he's put the quote around the the action, not the dialogue, which will give you a sense of the kind of bold yeah. author we have on our hands. Bart and Lisa come running down the stairs with joy in their eyes because they finally got to open their Christam's presents. This one's for you, Bart says Homer as he hands a present to Bart. Bart opens the present. Hey, what the fuck is this shit? Says Bart. It's a PS2, says Homer. I wanted a fucking PS triple, you fucking... We're not saying that word. Why would I want this piece of shit? It's like 12 year old, says Bart as he throw the PS triple on the ground in disgust. I thought it was a PS2. Mm, Yeah, don't worry about that. (laughs) I'm sorry, Bart. All I could afford it is, says Homer, suddenly being Yoda. Yoda. All you could fucking afford? Are you fucking kidding me? Even Nelson has PS triple and he's povo as shit, says Bart. <laughs> Bart runs to his room with his PS2 because he was so angry. I thought it was broken on the floor and it was a PS triple Don't now. Don't <laughs> worry about it. As Bart enters his room, he gets a phone call from Millhouse. What do you get for Christmas, Bart? Millhouse. Says Millhouse. <laughs> Millhouse. <laughs> a fucking PS2, says Bart. Lol, a PS2. Ha ha, are you a povo or something that is like 12 years old, says Molhouse. Whatever, you four-eyed cunt. Anyway, <laughs> what do you get for Christams, says Bart. I got a new snapback and a varsity jacket. Now I can be the ultimate swag hag, says Milhouse. <laughs> swag hag. Milhouse the swag, swag hag. hag. You think Milhouse? Bart then hangs up the phone in jealous. He walks to his MacBook and logs into Facebook. He sees an inbox from Ralph and clicks on it. Ralph. <laughs> sees an inbox from Ralph. Hey, Bart, I heard you got a PS2 for Chris Dam's LOL XD, the message says. Bart quickly replies, yeah, at least I'm not a cunt like you, you fucking... Another word we can't say. Everyone knows you'll grow up to be a... 
beep, the rest of your pathetic life, you miserable little beep. How dare you fuck with me? I'll fucking kill you. You think you can make fun of me just because I got a PS2 for Chris Dams? I will rain a shitstorm of agony upon you. You won't see me coming. You won't hear me coming. You'll only feel the constant pain of 1,000 manelliums unleashed upon you within a micron second. If only you had known the amount of pain that little smart-ass message you sent me was about to give, you might not have fucking sent it. But now it's too late. I will not forgive. I will not stop until you are at the complete mercy of the underworld, you little dick. Ralph, fuck off. (laughs) Sorry, is there any fucking in this? Well, in a way. Uh, In a way. uh, Oh, no. Bart smashes his MacBook and throws it out the window. How fucking dare Homer get me a PS2 for Chris Dams? I'm going to teach that fat fuck a lesson. Bart goes downstairs and knocks Homer out in one punch. Think it's okay to butt me a fucking PS2, says Brat. <laughs> butt me I'm sorry, Brat. I'll take you to Brat. store and buy you a PS triple right now. Just down hurt me again, says Homer. <laughs> no, it's too late for that, you prick, says Bart. Brat begins disassembling the PS2 and then building something out of the components and oh, wires. No. Within minutes, Brat created a Tim machine. Brat grabs Homer and they both travel through time to the year 1969 to the moon landing. Where the fuck, where are we? Says Homer. Shut your mouth, says Bart. Bart then grabs the rocket before it launches and instructs Homer to, quote, bend over. (laughs) Homer, now understanding what Bart plans to do with the rocket, tries to plead with Brat not to do it. But Brat is having none of that. Oh, kill me now, says Homer. This is what you deserve for buying me a fucking PS triple, you fat fuck, says Brat. After about five hours, Bart got bored and took Homer and himself back to their own time. Even though Homer's ass was now a, we'll skip that, the size of a large rock pool, he wasn't mad with Brat because he'd learned a valuable lesson. The end. Oh, dear. So another kind of Christmassy. That one was good because it had Christmas and time travel. And yep. I know they're like favourites of yours. not at all contrived time travel either. No, no. It was hinted at from the start of the piece probably. I think so, yeah. If you were to go back and check. Some sort of acrostic sense. The final one I have for oh, us today. Oh, Christ alive. There's more. Yeah, the okay. very final one. It's called Bars and Chains. And that doesn't tell you too much about where it's going. But the disclaimical, disclaimical, mm, that's an interesting mm, made up word. Interesting. Does yeah. it bring to mind any, any particular universes, any, any neurons firing off? No. Disclaimical. T.S. Eliot created these kitties. Oh, Andrew Lloyd Webber made them sing and dance. No. Both would have heart attacks if they knew what I was making the cats do. Written as a Christmas gift fic, it was based off a gorgeous drawing found here at DeviantArt. No! Emphasis on Deviant in this case. Um, It's relatively long, so I'm going to skip through various bits, but I think we'll give you a few paragraphs of setup, just so you and you at home can get into the the vibe. Right. You're a fan of Cats, first of all, the show, the book. Stephen Sondheim's Cats. (laughs) Oh! This was, McCavity decided... Almost like a dance, the creak of the unoiled door hinge might as well have been the first strums of a melody, the first steps of a twisted, perverted pas de deux. He knew humans had a saying, it takes two to tango, and it certainly took two for this particular dance. One definitely willing. I like that 
McCavity thinks that he's made that associative leap himself when <laughs> that's pretty much the only context in which it's now used. One definitely willing, the other unwilling in appearance only. Oh, so that's important oh, to stay up front for the author. Dear. And, right. and oh, how McCavity loved that. See, this feels like <laughs> a very tenuous defence for McCavity. <laughs> Uh, does he have any kind of concrete evidence that it's unwilling in appearance only? Well, or we'll is have to this, wait and see. Or is this a Breitbart-esque, they all want it kind no, of? No, I think, I think the implication is that there's been something there before and that they've left it with a comeback soon. Right, okay. There's, there's not a prelude, but there is a follow-up to this story. Okay. And a review that references a prior work. So I can only assume that they've had these cats fucking a lot. Oh, right. Okay. <clears throat> the hidden paw pushed the rusty door open all the way. That's not at all euphemistic. Throwing late afternoon sunlight into the cell. The same pale yellowing light came in through the slats of the bars lining the only window. It was damp in there. Too damp. A little cool. Not cool enough. Mm. Though the coolness wasn't about to last. Oh. Very unnecessary amount of detail. <laughs> He'd been fortunate. It was enough. cold, not too cold. <laughs> just about cold enough, but not really cold in any kind of objective sense. More of a subjective cold. Basically, McCavity is furnishing the house with magic to make it a sort of sex prison for cats. Is that what you gleamed, or is that? That's what I'm summarizing okay. in these paragraphs. After that was done, he was only missing one centerpiece a certain uncanny magic cat. He'd seen frolicking in and out of that damn jellical junkyard. It hadn't been difficult to find the famed Mistopheles and snatch him away. For all that he was magical and able to slip in and out of the smallest cracks and the darkest shadows, he was still no match for McCavity's magic. Mistopheles' magic was tentative, almost shy. McCavity's was bold and made no excuses. Adding to that fact... Adding to that the fact that he was easily twice again as big as Slim Mistopheles, (laughs) McCavity wouldn't be stopped from hauling him back to the lair. Uh, (laughs) Just want to take a pause. Hauling and lair are two interesting (laughs) word choices because they imply a sort of moral reckless abandon. (laughs) On the part of McCavity. Yeah, and indeed the author and, dare I say it, the reader. Uh-huh. If done aloud. At McCavity's approach, he, Mistopheles, stood up slowly, gracefully, a smouldering, defiant look in his eyes, his tail whipping behind him. Miss me, McCavity wanted to ask, to taunt, but no. Oh, he'd done it a few times before, given in to the urge to play with his prey. He was a cat, after all, but wow. any teasing or taunting that went too far only interrupted the rhythm of the dance. And I take the first step, McCavity mused. Taking a literal step towards <laughs> if, if I were That's so bad. If, if, you know, if I'd been hauled back to a lair mm. by a cat twice my size, I would already be unnerved. Yeah. I'd already assume the worst. But if they allowed said, and I take the first step, as they took a literal step, that would be it. That's, <laughs> the, end, the, that's the end of hope. The next step of the dance, McCavity wrapped a large, hot paw around the smaller cat's hip, squeezing hard, swooping down for a kiss. Mistopheles froze at first, but didn't pull away. The chain around his wrist right. clattered slightly, and he still hung limply towards the ground. I don't I, know what that means. I, I'm just going to say as well that I, I think that the uh, author was being 
far too generous, even with the unnerving moniker dubious consent. (laughs) (coughs) Please, Mistopheles whispered, swallowing hard. Please, now. His lips and teeth went to Mistopheles' catneck. His throat... <laughs> because like he's got otherwise we'd, we'd have <laughs> assumed his human neck. Pinching and sucking and biting with enough force to break the skin, except not quite enough force oh, right. to okay. break the skin. <laughs> Mistopheles whimpered. How odd that a whimper of pleasure sounded so much like a whimper, dot, 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 of pain. pain. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? Did you like that bit? Yeah, that's well done. No, please, take me now. McCavity didn't need to look down. He could smell the tux's arousal, thick as the air, the scent growing stronger and muskier as he ran his barbed tongue over the swelling, sensitive to feel for the other two, extending a claw to give the small nub a hard flick. Do do male cats have nipples? Sure. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Who knows? The released cuff gave Mistopheles more freedom of movement contentious mm. as his knees buckled his hands shot up and ended up twined in the fur of McCavity's shoulders his eyes were tightly shut brow drawn into a deep frown a flush colouring his pale face pale face a quick glance downward made it very clear the tux's erection that's Mistopheles tuxedo cap yep. stood between their bodies straining for contact where do you think it's going uh, what do you mean well, what and do you think is going to happen? What way could it go? <laughs> <laughs> They're going to just take a break. They're just going to like go away and do a crossword or something. Well, it doesn't quite happen as you'd think. Of course they fuck. And okay, for yeah. 28 paragraphs. Uh, 28 paragraphs? Yes. They fuck. Including uh, no McCavity thought smugly. No one knew Mistopheles' body like he did. No one knew that if he wanted cat body. to precipitate the tux towards orgasm, he need only slide <laughs> one claw up against its rear and find that sensitive <laughs> point right above the tail, flicking at that claw to scratch at it. McCavity smirked as he felt the tux quiver with tension and yank at his cat's fur. <laughs> Why do they what? keep specifying that they're he cats? Didn't, he didn't specify his cat's ass. so <laughs> why cat's fur? Uh, they draw in great gulps of air. Basically, 28 paragraphs later, it turns out that it was all a metaphor and they were just dancing the whole time. It, it's not a metaphor. You're, it was a big metaphor. The whole thing was like Your metaphor dream. can't be more detailed than, than the thing that you're <laughs> actually describing. 98% of the text. <laughs> There's no way that you can very like specifically apply the macavity tickling the other one's arsehole in just the way that makes it come and then be like, oh, that was just for the two-step. I hate you, Mistopheles softly said as the other cat positioned himself for the tango. McCavity smirked, squeezing the tux's thighs as he spread them apart in dance. <coughs> I know. And that was the end. Right. So well, after all, it was all just a big dance. No. And I guess it's about the electricity and sublime sexuality of dance. Right. Oh, okay. In the cat community. And it was nothing about biting the cat neck and pulling the cat the, fur. No, no, none of that. It wasn't about... Mistopheles erection between them straining for contact in a way isn't everything about was that just about like a ballet pose I guess so yeah I guess so just before the tango (laughs) so the phrase reason for the season is thrown around a lot we sometimes hear it bandied about by the church sometimes by the consumerist gods that we all worship daily on the high street but never more appropriately 
is it deployed than in our annual, as you said, and went to lengths to explain tradition yes. of Christmas time tasks smart. Hope you've enjoyed everything you've heard today. See us in part two mm. for the That's a Shame review and preview of the years. Keep it good. You fucking filth. <laughs> <laughs>